Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are recording an iGale like this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? He can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. He can advise you on management overalls, management willies, and the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig shit out from under your fingernails. Because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that sounds like an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the square of dark chocolate that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the early night that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Adam and Ian's exciting night of, oh God, clubbing, folks, it's you. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Dumpty Dum is from our Matthew Stone, and it's his Bossa Nova Barwick Green. Uh, we salute you, sir. That's awesome. It is the sound of summer. Now, Lucy, if somebody else wants to get out their sacks and blow us a ditty, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices. I'd forgotten that Susan one. It's great. Mike mm. Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek, load the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is delighted by today's big news in the UK as he feels any prime minister should truly represent the people of this country. And no one is more Derek Fletcher than Boris Johnson. <laughs> well, well done. Uh, yeah, I, I, I awoke to the news. Um, that I, always, we, I know we all knew what the news was going to be. But 
Never uh, in my wildest dreams did I think I would find myself saying, fingers crossed for Jeremy Hunt, flaming Nora. Anyway. God. <laughs> <sighs> well, we're in for an exciting ride. Uh, but Lucy, uh, before Brexit talk, before talk of uh, people with blonde hair being humorous, um, why don't we have... Oh, fuck. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know. I'm I was no, no, no. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. On this week's episode, we are calls from Justin, Claire and Glenn. There's actually a couple more, Lucy. A couple more came in this morning. Uh, but uh, but oh. you weren't to know because you're too busy beavering away. Uh, but first, before we talk of Brexit, blonde-haired populists uh, who are proroguing the Western world, uh, it's our Lucy and our week in... Because you know what I haven't done. Ambridge. Well, to paraphrase Airplane, I guess I picked the right weeks to be on jury service. What in God's name happened to the Archer scripts? Mum has decided to go large. She's preaching to the choir, and that was just Lillian. This, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be one of those weeks when I ask you many, many rhetorical questions. Don't write Mm. in. I'm just moaning. I'm too hot. We've got an old Etonian feather duster for a prime minister. My flapjack is stuck to the tin, and I just needed one thing in my life to make sense, and it didn't. Hilarious scenes about the working classes and their funny ideas about becoming entrepreneurs from Natasha, Tom and Eddie. Natasha, love, laugh all you like, but Eddie has nothing on credit. Clearly that's because nobody would give Eddie credit, but at least although what he owns is shit, it's his shit. And also, how could you not have known, Natasha, that Eddie was Clary's husband, bearing in mind his wife works for your new family every day Mm -hmm. on the farm? Anyway, Ben has started calling Rory Roz. Oh, I love the early stages of a couple. This was in a very strange <laughs> little scene in which Roz seemed to show a somewhat prurient interest in whatever takes place for Leonard with Jill beneath her sleep-easy eiderdown. And Leonard mm. said he still fantasised about his driving instructor, which I think was a trifle unway- unwise to share with two oversexed schoolboys. But anyway, meanwhile... Over at Cars and Nut Job, or whatever Will's Cottage is now called, Clary was horrified to discover that Will had been taking parpy gamekeeping with him. Mm -hmm. I've realised something about Will. It came to me in a flash. He's a redneck Trump supporter. Nothing wrong with taking a toddler in a pickup snuggled up to some live ammunition. It's character forming. (laughs) His ex-wife is now his sister-in-law and his wife died, sorry, his wife died, from a scratch caused by help (laughs) and his old grandpa. You trying to accuse me of something? Get off my land. Anyway, while William was busy trying to make Ambridge great again, Clary organized the most complicated meeting ever and got Will's estranged mother-in-law to tea and then had to defend his utter stupidity. William didn't mean to make it come out so accusing. It's just the way he talks and acts (laughs) and thinks. William is Clary's Achilles heel. She's so strong, and yet she never sounds more feeble than when she's defending her lunkhead eldest from whatever dogged idiocy he's got himself into. Just once, I'd love her to turn around to someone and say, I don't know why. I don't know what he's doing or why. He's a moron. I'm not taking responsibility for him. The man's a twat. Sort it out with him. I'm off for a lager and lime. (laughs) The big excitement of the week was that there is going to be a feature wall in the bull. Restrain yourselves, people. We sometimes mm. forget what life is like for those in rural England. And then the fact that everyone got so excited about the possibility of the bull having a wall and light bulbs reminded us that apparently they're living in the Middle Ages. Still, 
I'll miss the old <laughs> wattle and daub. But enough about Lillian. Let's think about this wall. It is a feature <laughs> wall, thus making it the only feature in the ball. Come to the ball in Ambridge. It's got a wall. My clubbing days are over, not because I'm too old, but frankly, if I wanted to pay ridiculous prices, stand about under unflattering lighting and get bumped into by people, I'd go to Waitrose. But the, hey. scene, with Adam, <laughs> but the scene with Adam and Ian and Alish et al. reminded me that it's quite boring. And listening to someone else do it is even more boring. However, the bit I wanted to know more of was Chris being the hit of the night before he threw up and dribbled, obviously. He got more attention from the assembled gayers than he's got from Alish in 18 months, largely because he only ever sees her distorted eyes goggling at him from the bottom of a wine glass nowadays. I presume he was just wearing his leather apron again as it was a hot night and there was a dress code, pecs sweating and his tool in his hand. I can see absolutely why he went down such a storm, but it could well turn his head and I confidently expect to hear a little announcement from Christopher in the not too distant future. Mm. We'll know when he starts saying to Alice, I really think it's time we bought a bread maker and a French bulldog and crying at Poldark. <laughs> Peggy has made Lillian the chief operating officer of what I am pleased to call the Archer World of Nonsense and has opened it up to the village at large. The village promptly began treating it like some sort of lottery win. They seem to think all they have to do is stand up in this silly meeting, shout swans or something, and hope that's the right word to trigger Peggy into handing over a cheque, which they could use immediately for an all-inclusive in the Dominican Republic. I know who's going to win the Average Conservation Trust money anyway. It's obvious. He has links mm. to the village and a track record on startups. Yes, it's an organic horse growing farm in Costa Rica. Auntie Cardboard's already <laughs> put the rest of her money in. So that shows it's a brilliant idea. Hello, Puscat. The end. Oh, triumph. Triumph. Well done, you. Not a lot happened, did it? Mm. I listened to the I listened to the Ambridges. I listened to the omnibuses twice. The Omnibuy, Omnibus, whatever. And mm. because I kept thinking, surely I've missed something. And I had not. Just nothing mm. happened. Well, mm. uh, what, what, what the hell make... did Robert and Andrew find to talk about for two weeks? Uh... Poor buggers. I, well, they did have Jim. Come on, yes. Nice. There was that. Yeah. And I must admit, I was so somewhat moved by. I know that we, um, I think we caught the, like, the brewing up of it, so to speak, but they got the meat of it, didn't they? You know, in terms of um, all the, all the Jim and his meltdown and Jazz's oh. frustration and all, and all yeah. of that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so there has been Jim. And I just think what a wonderfully powerful storyline. Yeah. And I just want to cuddle the prof. I really do. Yeah. And it's also, been... he's so—he's that generation that is just so, so unbelievably hard and difficult for him to talk about anything like that. Mm. Just you know, he just doesn't with a man with a vocabulary at that level. He—he mm. he just doesn't have any of the words to describe how he is feeling. You could say to him, "So, what's the uh, you know what's the Greek root of the word pedophilia or whatever else?" And he'd be able mm. to talk about that in the abstract for hours but you say to him how does it make you feel and he can't do it yeah and um well yeah yeah and we have to say that again i can't quite remember where you and i left off and you and andrew you and andrew and you and robot uh picked up and then robot and andrew uh but um barwick green nailed it he said it the week before, didn't he? This is exactly this is child abuse. Um, yeah. He'd read all this, read all the rooms, yeah. so to speak. 
and and yeah you're completely right that you have somebody who is of that generation that can't articulate uh emotions and he can't because he's from that generation but also because of what the heinous crime that was perpetrated on him that it stunted his relationships with everybody and the the ripple effect is just utterly utterly horrible utterly horrible yeah you know but mm, um so there has been a few things happening in the archers are lucy um i'll tell you what i did enjoy last week i like ben ruari and leonard i like odd couples I loved it. I loved it. It was, it it was, was like Last of the Summer Wine, but with it, two. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think... Any minute now, uh, they're going to go hurtling down a hill in a wheelbarrow for no apparent reason. But anyway. <laughs> you know, exactly. I just, you know, we, we they, they well, I was going to say they need a Nora Batty then, don't they? But I suppose that's Jill, right? So uh, Jill is Nora Batty <laughs> in this regard. But I, there is something lovely about Ben and Rory and then Leonard just coming in and then taking him off for a burger right yeah. and and being part of the whole thing and yeah. you know yeah. and part of the, I just thought you know what this is what I, I'm gonna say I pay my license fee for well I don't because I'm in the United States but you know what, if I was in the UK I'd be paying my pay li- license fee yeah, exactly yeah. you know I, I I just loved it I I loved the the tweeness and just the niceness of that um we have to talk about that horrendous. So, so we, so we go from, and I know it's the same writer. So the writers write for a whole week, and the deafness, the fun, the charm—that's the word—the charm of Rory, Ben, and Leonard on on the Tuesday, and then I don't know what happened on the Thursday with that clubbing scene in Birmingham. <laughs> Lucy, that was a bit of a stinker, wasn't it? <laughs> Lucy, oh my god! And you say to yourself, "Okay, you try and break it down." And I know that we have issues with one of the actors. I knew that piss you off. I knew it. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> so we know we have issues with one of the actors. At least most of the listeners do. Right then. We don't believe there's any chemistry. Who do we have? Who do we have issues with? One of the writers, with one of the actors. Oh, Lucy, come on now. (laughs) Message me. Message me. (laughs) I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. (laughs) Who's who's always tired and exasperated and has got too much work on? Exactly. Oh, you mean you mean not that he's not a good actor, but he's an annoying character. Uh, he is a good actor otherwise he couldn't be that annoying unless he's that annoying in real life and no one is <laughs> well listen so many of us listeners struggle to believe the one actor because he plays everything one note yeah okay? then we primarily do not believe in the relationship between ian and adam we just don't believe we don't get it we don't believe it there is no chemistry. Whilst I'm on the chemistry point, when I interviewed Michael Lumsden, who plays Alistair, and yeah. I, I said to him first, like, five minutes in, I went, dude, like, you and Sean was unbelievable. Like, there's no chemistry. And he went, mm, yeah, I know, right? And he said, um, him and, and Judy Bennett basically said exactly the same thing, right? Mm. And, and I was really struck by... Um, with the when Fiona, his sister, Alice's sister, comes to Ambridge, she's Fee, he's Al. Yeah. And you you 
get the feeling that there is a relationship between the pair of them. Yeah. Alistair was always Alistair to Shula. Shula was always Shula. You know, yeah. uh, to you know, blah blah blah. They, Even they Robert ne- calls Linda Lindy Bottom. There's no, Every, you know, yes, yeah. Every, yeah she you know, probably and- calls him Mister Lloyd. <laughs> 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 Mr. Lloyd, your tea is ready. Thank you. Yeah, it's there is. I seriously think, right, that the powers that be in the Archers are listening to fandom and are listening, dare I say, to a little bit of dum dum. Well, we know that they do listen because what is all this bucket list? crap about it's to humanize the couple isn't it it's to say that they show us that they do have a sense of fun they've got they've been skinny dipping together they've, they've, they've gone clubbing that all oh, this shitola right and yeah. lucy none of it works no they no. are the most dreadful they have couple yeah it, it, you know it's like hey we're having such a good time are you yeah. having a good time yes i'm an amazing time oh come on <laughs> They up. haven't they haven't done one challenge yet which I've found interesting or engaging. The spider thing was just rubbish. The swimming in the am. I, I I was more concerned about the fact that they happened to be swimming in the am at exactly the same time that Ed Grundy drove into his brother a hundred yards away. I mean, that, <laughs> that was sort of eyebrow raising, not the flipping mm. tiddling around in the river. Ugh. Well. There, it's a failure on, on two parts. As I said, it's number one, there's no chemistry be- between the actors and it's not written with any charm or deafness. Leonard, Rory, mm. uh, Ben, charming. Robert mm. and Linda, utterly charming and believable. It's all mm. of those little quiet moments between yeah. Robert and Linda. Yeah. And, oh, Lindy Bart, and you, you know, yeah. and, and, et cetera. And you go, oh, I get it. You know, uh, Tiger and Pussycat, oh, my God. You know, yeah. you, you can imagine them pair in bed going at it like knives, can't you? Like, ah, you know, they're going to... Well, I you can, can now, thank you. You can. You, well, you can. Yes, you, you, I didn't you want believe, to. You believe fundamentally in, in their relationship. Yeah. These pair yeah. don't buy a second of it. And I... Uh, and also, what I'd say as well, because I... I used to be a fully paid up member of the Ian fan club. Mm. I'm sorry, but he's dull. He's dull now. And honestly, the man has got no self-respect. He's, Mm. he's, you know, he, he's been made to look like a prat in front of um, Adam's entire family over the Charlie thing. Mm. And, He's not, he's never sort of part of the family. He hasn't sort of been allowed in to the, to the, to the cabal. And he That's hasn't. That's not true. You know, Jenny's always really liked Ian. She has. Yeah, she really likes him, but and Brian they, hasn't. And he's kind of just, the... you know, he's on the outside slightly. And Adam can't keep it in his pants. And all Adam does is trail rat. All he ever does is wake Adam up and try and make him eat things. That's it. Oh, Lucy, so rude. (laughs) No, I meant food. Goodness me. But 
It's just such a dull existence. And you think if he can't even be bothered to stay awake for you, ditch him and go and get someone else who's kind of, you know, a bit more lively and got a bit more about them. He never wants to do anything. He never wants to go anywhere. No, true. true. Oh, God, tedious git. Yeah, well, I didn't quite finish my my thought before. Sorry. I, I, a typical. No, no, it was my fault because I went off. Um, I had a central point, and then I meandered off on a winding trail, which took me to took me to nowhere. But the point I was trying to make is is that I do honestly believe that those scriptwriters listen to fandom that basically this couple does not work. Mm. And that is the reason why they've given us all of this nonsense, because it just makes no sense. This bucket list, you know, we go because I remember railing um, a year ago or so, basically saying this is the most ungay couple I've ever heard of in my whole life. It's not that they should go clubbing, but they don't even refer to going going clubbing when they were younger or anything. Right. And all of a sudden they're in the gay village in Birmingham. Mm. But all of a sudden, a year later, right? You know, tr- <laughs> trying trying to play it to some gay gay yeah. tropes, you know. And hey, look at them as as a as a as a couple, as a as a pair which has a personal dynamism. And even then, it fell flat. That episode was literally no. I hate when people use literally mean actually. Actually, the worst episode of the Archers I've ever heard. Ooh, I'm not sure. No, I, I think I think the, in recent now. times the episode of Lillian's party was running it would run it a close second. No, because there, there, there was still bits of charm with that though. No, there wasn't. You know, with her trying to dodge Peggy. You know, she didn't invite her mum. Her mum getting on with with, uh, with with her guests there. No, there were certain bits of that which were fun. This was an utter train crash. Mm. train wreck it was it was dreadful it, and you can just see see the actors there in the studio holding the bits of paper saying, Woo! i'm yeah. having a great time aren't you <laughs> yes oh god mercy please and the thing is and the music was shit as well <laughs> <laughs> the thing is the writer can write because two days beforehand they gave us Last of the Summer Wine. You nailed yeah. it when you said Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> and, we, and we all were left smiling. We learned loads about Ben and Rory. It was fun. It was charming. It was, dare I say, it's quintessentially English. And then we had this nonsense. Anyway, so... Uh, I really was going to like vent my spleen about it, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go easy on on on, on the writers and, and with that. However, yes. we have called, we have, we have some calls, Lucy. Uh, shall we do the calls? Yes. Okay, here we go. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, Lucy Royfield or whoever's presenting this week. I've just caught up with the episode on Monday the 15th and uh, just enjoying the perfect storm of uh, the competition opening to the rest of the village just as Tom and Natasha are airbrushing Eddie Grundy out of their own project. I think we all expect this will end with uh, a tremendous amount of acrony between Tom, Natasha and the Grundys, but uh, just for once, just for once, I'd love to see the Grundys get the half million pounds. I know they're there to be forever be the losers at the lottery of rural life, but uh, scriptwriters, please give Eddie a break. That's all for now. Thanks very much all. I'll uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Thank you, B12, Simon. Um, 
the Grundy's always been the losers in the lottery of life. Mm. This is a pet, pet peeve of yours, isn't it? Yep. Um, would, you, would you like to peeve? But <laughs> but then having got so cross with Clary uh, mm. in this, I'm kind of thinking, well, they bloody deserve to be the losers in the lottery of life because they're idiots. Um, it, it, I, I was just really disappointed in Clary. And uh, I think she colludes with William in his rubbish. And, uh, you know, no one tells him. But she did, though, didn't she? Because she did the whole Kofi Annan thing, you know, Boutras, Boutras, But that's Dali. not confronting him. That's easing no, his she, way. No, she had to do she something. He, he, she had to do something that mm. he should have done himself again. But he can't. Because he's he a can't. twat. Yes. Yeah, he's but, a twat, you know. so he can't. And actually, she did pull him to task, right? And she knew that he was going to lie if she said to him, right, you need to speak to Bev, he looks her in the face and says, yeah, I will speak to Bev. And she had to say, well, that's good because Bev is about to walk in through the door because mm-hmm. right? yeah. you knew who's going to lie. So yeah. I think a large part of the reason why Will is the way that he is is because Clary has enabled his behaviour growing up. Yeah. Granted, yeah. right? Not going to yeah. argue with that. But she does see the error, well, not the error of her way. She does see him for the person that he is. And she knew, so she left the cinema, came back, caught him, bring him Poppy back in, and then caught him on the hop again of uh, saying, yes, I'll speak to Bev, knowing full well that he wouldn't. And then there you go, here's Bev, deal with it. So come on. Mm. But I, oh. I is right, Lucy. It's just she doesn't say to him, William, you are driving away people that try and help you because your own ego will not let you will not let anyone else in. Didn't, and isn't we, that literally exactly what she said vis-a-vis Bev? Didn't didn't she say that? No, she didn't. And she didn't say if you carry on like this, no one will help you because mm. she always helps him. You know, she put her date night on hold and sat in the dark for three hours waiting for him to come back. It did beg the question why the hell she didn't put the television on. But anyway, um, you know, what, <laughs> turn the light well, on, Clary, you know, treat yourself. Anyway, what? Um, well, yes, she wanted to catch him with his pants down, didn't it's she? Kind yeah. of, it's just the lack of confrontation of, and, and of, of boundaries of saying, no, that's enough. Mm. And no one does that to him. The only person that did was Nick and she died. And did she? You know, no, because Nick played up to his patriarchal, I'm a Trump Trump supporter, Brexit voting, uh, red meat eating uh, male, mm. in that she dealt with all the stuff at home. She washed the kid. The man had never bathed his daughter. No, yeah. So Nick, St. Nick, was a massive enabler as well. Yeah. She stopped at home. He went out yeah. and, and, and earned a crust. The man yeah. had not bathed. How old's Poppy's supposed to be? Four? Something like that. Three, four. Three, never bathed her. Yeah. Disgusting behaviour. Sorry. Uh, so um, I disagree with you, right? But, you know, I, 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 I appreciate if they that want, you have a point of view, If they got the half a million pounds. People are talking about this half. Oh, good. I know. Eddie's like if they're going like to get it and put it in their bank account. Yeah, yes. like we've but, won it. If mm. we win the half a million pounds, I was thinking he and now I'm doing it because I was thinking they could buy Grange Farm. Of course they couldn't because it's, you know <laughs> it's the, be the, the money has got to go yeah. to the project. Yeah, but um, I think it's this week's 
Archkey. Uh, I can't remember which episode, but um, Eddie does speak to Ed about this and basically says, I have a wheeze, you know, a wheeze of sorts right. where okay. if they did get the half a million, they would keep the half a million. Right. Anyway, right. Let's crack on with these calls because we're 27 minutes in, uh, Lucy. All right. Let, okay. Here we go. Bonjour, Alikom. This is Justine calling from Malta. Hello, everyone. I'm a second time caller in a row. Three things I'd like to say about the archers this week and one non-related archers thing. The first thing is Alistair, Fiona and Jim. All of their scenes this week I found simultaneously heartbreaking and heartwarming, um, especially their outing and Fiona's reaction to um, Jim's predicament. Um, As a long-distance sibling myself, I, I really felt with Fiona and I thought it was very, very well acted. Ian and Adam clubbing, toe curling. (laughs) <laughs> I think they must be the straightest gay couple in Borsetshire. Absolutely <laughs> toe-curling. And the third thing is tea. The entire cast um, spent the entire week guzzling tea, except for Lillian, of course. And um, I myself had to run to the toilet about three times while listening to the omnibus version. Um, amazing. Very, very quintessentially British. The last thing uh, is non-archers-related. It was uh, regarding my last uh, call-in where Royfield gave a, a nice plug for Malta as a tourist destination. Thank you for that. I've spoken to the Maltese uh, Tourist Authority and the Czechs in the post. Yay! So toe curling, she thought it was. Yes. The clubbing. Mm. Yes. Well, I, I can't add any more, really, because no. I'll just be repeating myself. Uh, I think and toe I agree curling... About the... I agree about the scenes with uh, with Alistair and Fiona and also the the fact that she said, oh, yes, you and dad in a corner together talking and me left out. And he said, no, 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 it wasn't like that. It was me. I was the one that was left out. And it's, you know, people say every sibling has a different parent. Mm. Each sibling has a different parent because your relationship with your parents is unique to you and you can't, you know, you can't understand how to see it from another's angle. And I thought that was really interesting that, that she felt she was left out. He felt he was left out. And, you know, the truth is obviously somewhere in the middle, but interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, should we have another call? Yeah. Claire from Clapham. Ooh. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. I have a purring cat on top of me, so you may hear a background purr. Just wanted to Aww. say a couple of things about Jim and a quick plot prediction. Firstly, on the Jim thing, he seems to be concerned about people knowing because of the burden of them having to carry the knowledge. So I found it really strange this week how well he took the idea that Shula had worked out what was going on. I mean, he never accused Alistair of telling anyone, but he seems to have got to the end of the week and thought, oh, well, you seem to have guessed what's going on. That's fine. I find that very strange. I would have thought he would be more distressed that Shula had known something. Anyway, um, the second thing is that, of course, Alistair should be seeking support from the helplines and so Mm. on. So it was fine for Shula to give him the details, although she didn't have to hover around. But will someone (laughs) please think of Jazza? I know I keep saying it, but seriously, give him that helpline number. He absolutely needs it. Yeah. and I think Alice is doing the right thing in looking after himself uh, on that one. Even if Jim doesn't look for that kind of support, then Alistair will need it. And um, so finally, my pot prediction, which is that I think with all that still, that shonky chemicals 
in the barn at Ed's. I don't know quite where the barn is, but my prop prediction is that something will happen and there'll be some kind of leak and it will destroy all the meadows and then they won't be able to try and bid for Peggy's money. And that's my prop prediction. Keep up the good work. See you soon. Bye. Mm. Where's Ed's farm? Ed's field? It's not on Grange Farm, is it? I, I mean, thought... not Grange. I thought... Yes, Grange Farm. I do mean Grange Farm, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Oh, I got that wrong. I can't remember. Um, uh, yeah, um, I, th- I, th- I personally think, Claire, that it was, it's, it, it's almost like uh, Jimus is less bothered about people knowing than having to tell them, if you see what I mean. It, it, he was very worried about Fiona's reaction because he's close to Fiona and he was anxious about her being upset. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't actually such a big deal for Shula to know. It was just he didn't want to tell her. I think that was it. That was the, f- the impression I got anyway, and that could be wrong, but yeah. Uh, that's a very good... That's uh, that's made me depressed now thinking about <laughs> the plot prediction. <laughs> but, it, ooh, yeah. Well, if it leaks, then he'll be in a Brian Aldridge situation, won't he? Mm-hmm. A, they'll identify what it is. B, there'll be questions asked about what the hell it's doing in, on their land, and then um, he'll they won't get the house. But the two the two storylines are too similar, though, aren't they? They they have to they have to play out in a different way because Brian's just been done. Um, what last year for having hooky chemicals buried on his land? You can't have Ed being caught with hooky chemicals in his barn twelve months later. So it needs to play out in a different way. Right. Yeah. Dramatic, dramatic logic would tell you that it has yeah, to, because otherwise yeah. they're just, you know, terribly poor plotters and script writers, and we, and we know they're mm. not. Mm. You know? But anyway, I don't know where it's going. Uh, however, they're hinting massively that Ed's going to get banged up because he's hanging, hanging around with Rollins, and um, yeah. there's too much stuff about buying stuff for the house, you know, buying yeah. furniture. So you've got to presume you know dramatic logic again that's going to go up in smoke so anyway thank you for that claire from clapham and i will be recording with you on friday when we'll do map corner now it's james hello everybody uh james here um this week i actually listened to the omnibus episode i listened to it on sunday evening rather than the usual kind of nightly episode and what it really showed to me is that an hour and a half of the Grundy family is way too much. Um, <laughs> I realised why I can do 13-minute bursts. <laughs> Emma moaning on about how everybody's entitled and privileged is dull. But accurate. Poppy, I know she's a child, but let's be honest, this is a sheep. There are lots of sheep in there are lots of sheep in Ambridge. Feel free to go and find another one. <laughs> Will moaning on about the way other people are parenting his kid that he can't look after himself yeah. is incredibly ironic. And Jazza and Jim, I know that Jim's storyline is horrific. Everybody is aware of that. Everybody accepts that. But the way that Jazza spoke to Alice is is completely unacceptable. If we're being if we're being honest, yes. Compared to what Jim went through, Alice's experience of a stressful day at work seems inconsequential. 
But A, Jim is not broadcasting what happened around the village, so she's not going to know that. And B, everybody has their own issues in life. That shouldn't invalidate it. Mm. It's like, if I have a difficult day at work, well, yeah, it doesn't matter because somebody somewhere in the world is going without food tonight. There may be a first world problem, but it is still a problem. Anyway, speak soon. Bye. Can I, well, can I just say very quickly, and whilst I appreciate um, that end sentiment and you put it really well, uh, sir, very eloquently, you've got to remember what Jazza is wrestling with and to hear somebody talk about something um, which fundamentally, not that it doesn't matter, Alice's job and professional woes are a concern, but Mm. this isn't striking her to the core of her being it's not something which is so dreadful she had to keep it secret for 70 odd years so much so that it's affected all the relationships she's yeah. subsequently going to have so and that's and, and it's not that alice legitimately uh can have a gripe about what she's going through but it's as a, that's all about Jazza and the fact that he's trying to reach out and to help somebody and he has this terrible secret which he needs to keep to himself and he just and he just and he, that's on his brain. Then there is somebody just blathering on about bullshit and he just let off. <laughs> and it was totally understandable, beautifully played. You felt Jazza's anger etc and it's just powerlessness because he loves jim he loves jim um again we get back to that kind of uh, the weird kind of odd couple three something with alice the jim and jazza and it works as a dramatic construct and there is um each bit of that triangle has a has a different relationship uh t- to the other bit and stuff because you know Jazza is the odd one out in that he's not mm. actually a sip you know a, a family member but almost feels like one he gets on with Jim much better than Alistair does and though Alistair is actually Jim's son etc cetera, etc cetera. but it works and and this is just pure love and concern and utter powerlessness that Jazza feels and here and is somebody in- just talking crap and he let off in Jazza's world, this mm-hmm. is, I've just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, they've just done jewellery service, um, which is coming to an end, and I can talk about it now. And um, it, it made me very, I won't go into the details of the case, but it was, um, it was a case involving a small community of people who all knew each other extremely well. And it was a sort of a revenge attack. It involved a revenge attack. And we, some of the, 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 well, I suppose I was looking at it from my point of view, which is you don't do that. You have self-control. You don't just, you know, fly into a rage and go, but it was about kind of when, when there, when there is a problem within your community around people that you love, you go and fix it yourself. And that's what Jazza is wrestling with in his world. If that was mm. somebody in his family, he would go and leather the, the living daylights out of whoever it was that did it. And he can't do that. He is unable to do that um, because, A, it's not his issue and he's been told not to. And, B, he knows nothing about this guy. He can't, you know, it's it's kind of, a, it's it's that, that, that much further away from him that he can't get directly involved. But that's his frustration is that, you know, 
somebody is getting away with something that in Jazz's world wouldn't happen. Mm. He, he would, the guy would be, you know, found severely beaten up and advised strongly to leave. And, you know, that's desperately what he wants to do and he can't. Yes, absolutely. You is smart. You're smarter and more eloquent than me. Well done, you. So I was just saying stuff and repeating myself, and then you just, like, completely nailed it. Well done, Lucy. Right, <laughs> now let's move on from James to Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. i first like to say thank you to Robert and to Andrew Horn for the last two Dumpty Dums. Great to know that even when Royfield and uh, Lucy are not available, Dumpty Dum can, can, can continue yes, in some strength. thank you, chaps. On the arches itself, um, I'd like to add to the many congratulations and plaudits already given to the programme as a whole, actors, writers, directors, on the Jim um, child abuse story. That is very impressively done, very moving, and um, uh, the archers at its very best, I think. Um, Not the archers at its very best, uh, though, is the Peggy sustainability charity trust story i fear yes it's good for stirring up a bit of um it's good as a plot device for stirring up a bit of um, family dispute and it's good for setting up eddie um yet again to sort of you know dream have a del boy dream of being a millionaire and then realizing Mm. no the money has to be spent on on a project but the anyone with the slightest involvement in charities or trusts will know how complex they are to administer, um, how you have to be very careful that you are uh, always acting within the objectives of the charity and how that would take up a huge amount of somebody's time on the administration side. And on the on the bidding side, it would also take up a tremendous amount of time. So if this story is going to have credibility, we don't have to hear all the details. I don't want to hear all the details of charity and trust law on the archers. What I do want to hear is people having to take up um, an awful lot of time to get this thing right. And I'm not sure we're going to hear that. Anyway, goodbye. Have a good week. Bye-bye, Glyn. Yeah. It does worry me, this this trust thing. Mm. It seems uh, singularly... It seems like an awful lot of effort to go to, to for quite an, an interesting result. <laughs> That's, does that sound too harsh? Do you know what I mean? It's well, like it's all anyone's going to be talking about for the next sodding three months. And mm. actually, when the big reveal happens, do we really care? I'm not sure I do. Mm, I don't. And it's part of the bucket list, um, bucket of bollocks, basically, that it feels <laughs> like there is no the way. bucket of bollocks, it sounds like. Yeah. It's the new Harry Potter novel. <laughs> Harry it... Potter and the bucket of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, Peggy would not have done this the way that she has. She just wouldn't. Because she's old enough and wise enough to know that initially – Anyway, this is as, as a family dynamic is going to set people off against each other. She wouldn't mm. have done this. I do not believe she would have done this. 
we know that they did it because the actor was 100. And that should have been recorded, lionized, whatever the hell. You know, we, 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 needed to, we needed to say, this woman has been in it since episode one. We're 60 odd years uh, on. Let's do something. Why the hell they ended up with this as a vehicle? Heaven only knows. Mm. Because it's not, ev- it's not about her. She's done yeah. this, but now with all these nonsense storylines about Eddie wanting to be a consultant and not understanding when they're trying to boot him off, it's just odd. It, I hate it when this thing that we love and we spend um, 70 odd minutes of our weeks listening to lets us down because it's better than this. The mm. Archers is better than this we don't need i know we talk about soapy tropey all the time and it's a it's a continuing drama so you do need some of those uh dramatic soap conventions you do that somebody didn't quite understand something you know and then they walk away from from one scene thinking one thing and it was another and blah 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 but at least if you're going to do it get make the payoff bigger than some nonsense about the grundies are going to have a little scheme and eddie's trying to be feckless and a little bit shifty again like we've had that for 30 years and i'm just tired of it i'm just tired yeah yes the grundies are socioeconomically who they are right but we're just better than that so i just i don't care for it one iota the whole construct of the money and yes people are thinking they're going to walk off with half a million and really and it's half a million to run and keep the scheme going i don't care we should have said an episode where the old lovely old boot just says i first came to ambridge in 1945 after the war and i met jack and da 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 just make us just weep for for 12 minutes this is yeah. all just shit and i hate it anyway uh <laughs> are there any more calls let me have a look at my timeline oh there is one uh this came in on on on, on our phone line lucy hi uh it's uh leslie greaves here special diet on the twitters um just ringing to say i am so fed up with this stupid peggy's stupid competition yay <laughs> 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 keep the money to be spent on the actual project but anyway, back to more interesting things. Um, Ed and the toxic chemicals. I'm not quite sure where they're being kept. I think it's in the barn, but is it in, on Grundy land? Or have they got any land? Um, could it be that somebody else finds them before the police? Suppose Eddie finds it before the police turn up. What would he do then? He might admit to it himself to save his kid, or he might try some devious mm. plan to get rid of it. But it would be more interesting than him just Ed just being caught and sent to prison, which would be a bit of a repetition of a previous uh, storyline. Yeah. Anyway, and Robert and Andrew are doing a great job. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. That's very good. That gave me a tingly feeling. That did because Ooh. Ed will step in. Ed will get caught. Eddie will step in and take the blame. He will be fined. He won't be able to pay it. And Ed will use the deposit money to pay it. And Emma won't forgive him and she'll divorce him. Hmm. Da, da, da. She ain't going to divorce him. Isn't she? Nah. nah. Why? She actually, she, uh, she actually loves Ed. It's a proper love match. And, uh, and part of the character of Emma is that she's going to be long-suffering. That she she so she'll just moan about it for the next four hundred years. Absolutely, that she right. will you know 
wherever her, her man goes uh, economically and stuff, she, she will follow. Uh, okay. But she will let him know that she's not happy mm. about it, but she's not going to bail out of her relationship with Ed and, and vice okay. versa. You heard it here first. Uh, they will die together happily. Well, no, no, happily. They'll die together um, age 90 and like 95, you know, in, in, in bed. You know, them pair. Yeah, no divorce there, Luce. Uh, right. Are you got anything else to say? Yeah. Uh, any, any amount of money you want to put on it. I've got, um, ooh, I've got a, a Bosnian mark in, in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will, I will bet you a Bosnian mark that they get divorced. Uh, no. Uh, well, all right, cool. Well, that's just like, that doesn't even make the, the bet uh, interesting. All right. Do, do we want to bet a 20 Croatian kuna or a Bosnian mark? What, how, where do you want to go? Um, but, uh, no, no, I quite like the mark idea, actually. I've got no all idea right. how much of whatever it was you said is worth. Uh, not much. Okay. Not much. You know, no, no, no. We'll go for the mark. All this mark. funny foreign money. You know, we need we need to be need to be out. Oh, of it's Europe, like monopoly you... money, in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we got any emails? Uh, we have. Oh, smashing! Uh, hold the line, caller. One from Vicky Cole. Um, oh, I love my Vicky. Da, 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 da. I am not really enjoying the arch at the moment. It just seems <laughs> weird. Lily's behaviour, Lily. Lillian's behaviour lately is uncharacteristic, and the business with just at the pub quiz was just silly. Here, here, that was awful. What's going on with Shula? Did she guess Jim's secret, or did I miss Alistair telling her? And just when we thought they'd lost interest in the bucket list bollocks, it's come back. I do quite like <laughs> Leonard, though. Um, lots of love, Vicky. I think everyone's got a soft spot for Leonard, haven't they? Yeah, and didn't she just basically say everything that I just said? She did. But she summed it up. So it's taken me, what, best part of, what, let's say 45 (laughs) minutes, and she did it in what? (laughs) One email of two paragraphs, yeah. Gosh. Ah, Right. Um, Too shy to call, this person's called. Lots of chat on the various channels about how sad everyone is about the ongoing storyline about poor Ed and poor Emma and how they're going to lose the house, etc. Mm. Bollocks to it. I couldn't <laughs> give a bum about their precious house. Ed knows fine well what he's doing. It is criminal, polluting and deeply, deeply dangerous. Anyone else caught dumping toxic waste, for that is what we are led to suspect or worse, and we would happily throw away the key. Although Emma does not know the extent of Ed slash Tim's crimes, she encouraged him to break the law in the first place in pursuit of personal profit. Justification for this is a deposit for their precious house. They are not destitute and it is not their divine right to own a house. It definitely does not give them the right to take actions which could pollute the air, contaminate soil and water, kill wildlife and become a major public health issue. Ed was admittedly trapped into the situation by the duplicitous Tim, but if he hadn't put bending the law and the interests of himself and personal gain before the greater good, then he wouldn't be in this situation. Sympathy, none. Or 5% maybe. Big snogs love the podcast. C.S. McKiddle, too shy to call. Mm-hmm. I, think, well, I, think, I think that's a little bit harsh. Um, a little bit harsh. Because... I think if he could, if he did try and get rid of the toxic waste by the, whatever it is, the, the, the pesticide, by giving it back to Tim, or he said, you, you've got to get rid of it. I don't want to do this anymore. And Tim said, you can't. So you've mm. just got to store it. So he is doing... Uh, you know, I think if he'd given the option, he wouldn't be dumping it. He would be uh, getting rid of it re- mm. b- uh, responsibly if he could, but he can't because it's hooky. 
Mm-hmm. And and also um, the way that he uh, was basically slid into this whole um, unholy alliance with Tim, it was extremely believable, you know, that he, him and Emma don't have oodles of cash. I think it's quite legitimate and quite normal for a married couple in their 30s to want to have their own place. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are talking about Britain here. It's quite, this is like standard stuff. So uh, we, yeah. so, so come on now, uh, email Rinnera. Um, so he, he feels this societal pressure. He's got this, this, this domestic pressure. And also it's a key marker of being a bloody grown up. Doesn't say, it doesn't mean that you have to have your own home, but he's got kids and he's had a, a, a you know, they've had a rough uh, last 10 years or so him and Emma so they want a little bit, little bit of security so I think the way that it was written in terms of um, here's a little bit of extra work here is somebody who appears to be charming of course we all know that he's a moustache twirling villain but Ed's not to know that <laughs> you know so come on and then you find yourself in a situation and I think it's very easy and also Ed is a bit thick let's face it True I that. love him but he's not gifted is he He's really not. <laughs> but but he but he has a good and a noble soul. He absolutely yes, does. He does. He, he, he's not he's not a wrong one. Right, no. so State Mr. Mean, email her in. On that note, uh, I'm going to uh call time on this part of the show and say, um, you might have an ad now. And then okay. it's social media. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. G'day everyone. Well, if you have joined our Flick app, which is uh, absolutely on fire and still uh, having some robust discussion on a range of issues, then you'll be one of 389 people who are on our app, which is fabulous. On our Facebook page, uh, one of the questions we posed this week was, can the Grundy submit a proposal for land they don't own? 
I actually didn't know the answer to this. It was a genuine question from me. But the general consensus is you actually can. Anne Lydon said, I assume so, as Tom and Nasha are proposing to plant trees all over the village, and I don't think the archers own quite all of the land. Fair point. Calvin Hart said, you do not need to own a piece of land to apply for planning permission. A stranger could apply to build a skyscraper in your back garden unlikely to get permission but nothing to stop them applying and even if they were successful you still own the land and ollie mead said yes i sit on council planning committees and applications have been submitted for land not owned by the applicant they also did not have the permission of the landowners either which is kind of where i was heading with the grundy thing because i haven't heard them ask either anything and uh, kate Lars said presumably anyone can do anything in this new ridiculous archers world And the last word came from Jenny Allen, who said, I'm surprised nobody had mentioned that Justin could very feasibly put in a bid under old and new model he runs an Ambridge farm. His firm has the scale to deliver a strong bid, even if that's cynically done just to get the money. Perfect excuse for Lillian to get out of being trustee. Oh, that is such a good point. Uh, We also, um, I did a poll. I've started doing polls because uh, Yokel Bear does them. And uh, the one I did uh, this week was whether Shula is a godsend because I think Alistair called her, oh no, who called her godsend? I think it might have been Alistair. Anyway, and uh, I was surprised by that. And 52 of you said, yes, she is a godsend. And 129 said, no, she's not. So some of the comments there was uh, Anne Lydon said, I can't say she is a godsend because I don't believe um, in God, but she's been very supportive. I'll admit I found her annoyingly sanctimonious in the past. And uh, Witherspoon said, Shula is being a good, insightful, supportive friend, but a godsend, no. Uh, Jed Robinson said, sorry, but I don't understand the Shula hate. Is she sometimes wrong? Did she offer Freddie a home? I find her a great character. Her bad sides and good sides are always evident. Probably the most 3D and human character there actually is. Of course, if you're perfect, feel free to hate her. Um, Isn't that funny? Because I find her very two-dimensional. So um, I don't know that I agree with you, Jed Robinson. I actually don't think that she's written very sympathetically i would say and stephen bowden said shula is the opposite of a godsend take a look at her son if you start with dan and stick me into the middle of it as shula always does and then you stick i into the middle of that because why wouldn't she you end up with damien who is of course the spawn of satan in the omen and its sequels what more proof does one need well stephen i think you need the last word because of that um, we also discussed, excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat, um, of, uh, something around something Ellie Wordsworth had posted up, which was anyone else wondering Rex and Phoebe. And there was some uh, talk around that, but one of the really interesting things is people were saying, why is it every time Rex talks to a female, um, it, suddenly we're all thinking it's romantic? Um, Carol Newcomb said, I thought it was going to be Rex and Lily at Christmas when they were decorating the tree. Uh, in the middle of this, Joe Jackson said, Rex to have an amazing idea and pocket the half a million. I'm, I'm just going to, that's just reminded me, I, I'm so interested that people keep talking about pocketing the half million because it's actually got to be used for a project. I don't think anyone actually is going to benefit financially much out of it but anyway uh christy nickel said i still have some hopes for rex and pip to work out and andrea lamble said elizabeth and russ rex and phoebe poor lily 
and uh, which led Tracy to Elizabeth Barrett say, where have Lily and Russ gone? Yes, it's one of those uh, little storylines that kind of wanders off, isn't it? And what the final thing we discussed was Clary, who did an awesome job uh, with Bev and Will at the weekend. And we said Clary should apply for a job at the UN. Who else could she mediate between? She really was really good at keeping everyone on track. Um, I, I mean, who knew that you could fix anything with a cup of tea? Vicky Friedel said the United States Congress could use her help. Maybe she'd get them to agree and quit bickering at each other. And uh, I think this is Angela Barnes. Robert Wilson said she's advocating on Twitter that she joins the Brexit team. And Zoe Picton said, yes, we were listening. We did say perhaps she can sort Brexit. And Kathy Bartlett said, sounds like she needs to be on the WTO committee or whatever it is. And... (laughs) Lindsay Williams was saying, who's Clary? Did I I must have written it in. No, I did write it correctly. Um, So, yeah, we had another really good week on Facebook. And, of course, there was a disco snap from Witherspoon, um, who wants us to talk about our uh, disco and clubbing days. I have to tell you, Witherspoon, I have never in my life been to a club, never wanted to. Yeah, can't dance for toffee, really. And uh, didn't think I needed to go and make myself an exhibit. But lots of people have been, so that was a a fun little uh, chat online. So if you come and join us on Facebook, you will see that we have polls, we have questions, we have people interacting. And on Saturdays, we have Witherspoon's Snap. So if you'd like to join us, please do. We look forward to seeing you soon. And until uh, a fortnight, I say to you... Hooroo. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, Luce, uh, mm-hmm. you got some uh, Daily Mirror headlines for us? I have. Two things have happened while I've been away. A, people said I'm making them up. I promise you I'm not making them up. Well, and B, people have now started sending that's me That's always been all my the... suspicion. And it B, really has. people have now started sending me them from across the world, <laughs> which is very nice um, and is making me laugh a lot. So... Wait a minute. People are sending you in Daily Mirror headlines from around no, 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 the world. No, no, no. From their own local papers. I know. I was joking. Oh, Right. This was from a local one in Britain, which I believe might have been Chichester, but I'm not sure because whoever sent me it um, chopped off the, the beginning of the um, uh, of the the the, 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 the newspaper, the, the, the banner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, drunken man threw th- drunken man threw crisps in dry cleaners and shook fist in bakers. <laughs> I love the fact that's actually worthy of a you know of a. Of a, of a newspaper article. It's quite a sizable article too. Um, Daily Mirror. This was the Mirror. For, I found this one. Ready for this? Mm. Tesco meal deal queen gets tribute tattoo of lunch that changed her life. Oh, wow. This one was sent to me and I forgive me. I'm very sorry. I've forgotten the name of the person that sent it to me because I didn't transfer it over. It's from Newsweek. Mm-hmm. Couple arrested for driving stolen car filled with uranium, a rattlesnake, and a bottle of whiskey. There's quite a few unanswered questions," <laughs> said investigators. That that U- that is rather good. Uranium, a rattlesnake, and some whiskey. And um, <laughs> this is um, headline of the week from the Mirror, which I found. You're not going to mm. believe this one. Are you? Are you braced? I'm braced. I'm holding on to my bed. Go. 
Leeds woman set to wed chandelier while in an open relationship with several light fittings. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and which periodical did that come from? That was the mirror. Oh, that was actually the mirror? Yeah. Oh, well done. Mm, My old favourite. Mm-hmm. Right, Luce, uh, when it hits with some tweets, and then we can start winding this thing up. Okie dokie. Uh, Matt Underwood. I'd love to go clubbing with Alice, Chris, Ian and Adam, but unfortunately I'm bathing my toaster that night. <laughs> um, he, he also wins uh, enormous plaudits for referring to William as a sack of cocks, which I've never heard before, but I shall be using heavily in the future. Um, that was Willem Harvey. Uh, no, it wasn't. Sorry, it was Matt Underwood. Uh, Willem Harvey said uh, this. I presume this was part of a conversation, but it just popped up in my timeline. I think Jazza is probably the Ambridge resident most likely to moon. <laughs> I think he's right. I don't know I where it came from, right but too. I think he's right. Yeah. Um, Steve Brooks. This was uh, with reference to uh, <laughs> uh, Adam jogging through the village and uh, Lillian uh, chatting to him. Uh, he said, I sometimes wear shorts on holiday. I've never noticed it clearing my head. <laughs> mm. I think it was the running, not the wearing of the shorts. But anyway, um, Mel Parker, who's clearly got very confused about what the hell is going on with the uh, William and Parpy um, storyline and said, wait, has he swapped Poppy for a badger? I don't know where she got that from. And <laughs> Sally Ronaldson, this is tweet of the week. Mm-hmm. She said, Bridge Fresh still sounds like a product to make bridges smell fancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Well yes. done. Well done. Um, folks, dumbydum.com. Go there. It's got stuff on it, such as our shop and... The, all the back episodes of Dum De Dum uh, you could ever hope for. Well, that's not true because it stops at around about episode 30. But you get my gist. Uh, considering we're at 280 odd, that's, that's a lot of Dum De Dum you can go back and listen to. You've also got um, Cosmo's podcast roundups on it. And um, it's your community. So go on there, do stuff, comment, uh, buy stuff from the shop. Oh, talking about shops, folks. And I know I have said this um, a few times but um, it need, needs to be said again. Um, Lucy and I aren't sat in um, our spare rooms uh, bagging up T-shirts and mugs. Um, this is all from a third party and it's different suppliers, whether it's a T-shirt or a mug. Now, I've dealt with a couple of people who through no fault of their own have ordered stuff and have said things like, I've ordered a mug and an apron. How comes I've got the mug and not the apron? Because two different suppliers. You bastards, and, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not um, us. so when the stuff does go missing and we are we are selling um I don't know, we sell, I don't know, maybe five or six things a week. It's not quite daily, but um, you know, it's maybe every other day or so. Um I think the sheer weight of things going out occasionally stuff just gets lost and there is a problem there has been a problem with people in new zealand and australia if ever i get an email lucy somebody saying i ordered this thing two months ago and i still haven't got it invariably it's australia and new zealand uh but what i do do folks is i do go back to the supplier and i'll say mush where is this 
and invariably they end up saying, well, we sent it out and we got a delivery note saying that we, somebody signed for it. So then we then just like sort it out and we just, well, we, I just order the thing for you again. But rest assured, folks, and everybody has been lovely about this. I think this has maybe happened five times now. Somebody says it's two months and I still haven't got this. And everybody has been lovely. But please understand that we are just as much in the dark as you are if you don't get the thing which you've actually purchased. But we always do make it right. So we haven't had a dissatisfied customer in terms of them physically not actually getting something in the end, because I will just go, you know what, for the sake of a 20 quid T-shirt, I will just, you know, uh, get it to you we just purchase it again because dealing with these companies is not brilliant because fundamentally what they always say is we we with our courier we've got a sign off that's that it was delivered and somebody has you know signed for it and stuff but i know it doesn't make you feel any better because you're saying well it ain't here royfield and we do believe you anyway so that's that but don't let that put you off purchasing something from dumdydum.com's shop uh, because it does help to keep the lights on around here lucy is there anything in red that you want to read out um yes sorry i'm just writing up who was tweets of the week um i've given up trying to do our twitter feed now because i can't get on it anymore because you've stopped me you no 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 no, i know you have someone asked i I I haven't I can't even get onto Royfield. I can't get onto Royfield on Twitter anymore. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> well, you're very apt considering I don't really care. But <laughs> I, when I did try the other day, I thought, oh, you know, I saw a notification that I had. Um, oh, I should do a, a DM, and then I went, yeah. oh, I can't even get on. <laughs> what a shame! I said. <laughs> Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call o two o three o three one three one o five to leave message mm-hmm. uh and i'm not looking at anything um so th- do i then say oh yeah th- so we came out of twitter uh, and after this kind of slagging it off. we've done or whatever it was you just said <laughs> and we still don't know the flaming order <laughs> so um why don't you go out of twitter and you can follow uh yokel bear being very funny well, there's no point following you if you can't get into it or answer I, as i said I'm, I'm saying yokel bear i didn't say me oh i see go out of twitter okay. Type in Dumdy Dum, you get lashings of Yokel Bear. And uh, and then also, if you want very funny, astute, uh, on-the-nose social observation and overhearing uh, people's conversations, type in at Lucy V. Freeman. And uh, she'll... Eaves, massive eavesdropper. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Interfering there's, old bat. There's, um, you like David Sedaris, don't you? I love David Sedaris. Well, he he's he's kind of you, isn't he? He's all so this week's this oh American my God, life. He's me, if he's he's me in my dreams. But anyway, yeah. Well, did you know he lives in Paris? I didn't. Yes, he's yes. Yeah, well, I, I must admit I didn't know. But this week's this to. American Has he life. Back there? No, no, he's still he's well. It's going to this American life. He's still there, and him and his him and his hubby, and he's paranoia about everybody looking at him and thinking going into any restaurant that he's not going to get served he's just kind of writ large but it's all a just beautiful social observation mm. all mm. the time and the reason why he goes to this particular newsstand and, and, and etc because they um, they tolerate his terrible french etc uh, etc et so this week's um, this american life very beautiful it's so funny um 
utterly charming. That's the word of this episode, charming, uh, with David Sedaris and um, Ira Glass. Uh, so I recommend um, if anybody wants to uh, have, a, have a little bit of a swerve in terms of a, a, their podcast consumption, and if you're not actually uh, this American Life subscriber, go do it because it's good. Um, oh, yeah, Facebook. Go on to Facebook and you can Facebook with Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and with Witherspoon. Oh, and whilst I'm at it, going back onto uh, onto the Twitters, I'm loving the Dum De Dum Ultras that are slowly but surely putting up their Nepalese flags. <laughs> it has been noticed. Do you I know who started following me now, though? The Nepalese embassy. Yeah, I feel me really too. bad. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like messaging them and going i'm really sorry it doesn't mean that we've just hijacked your flag to be bunting but then i thought uh, i don't know the nepalese for bunting and i might get in a complicated discussion about it i do know a small nepalese girl i might ask her what the nepalese is for bunting and then i'll message them i had some tourist board uh follow me the other day as well and it's like oh yeah, that, 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 that's a bit wrong. But anyway, um, keep it up, Dumpty Dum Ultras. There's going to be a, a special a special little thing coming your way. So if you if you absolutely uh, live and breathe Dumpty Dum, if we cut you, you, you bleed a monologue, uh, you will have next to your Twitter handle the Nepalese flag just because. And on that note, Lucy, I'm going to say... Okay. Mm, go on. I'm very sorry I'm ah, away uh, again uh, next uh, week, chaps. Yes, uh, next week will be Rob Art and the lovely, wonderful uh, Angela Barnes. So uh, and the, I suppose we'll be back in two weeks' time then. Yes. Awesome. All right. I'm out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.